Zafer wants to know if he's paying the right amount of rent. Let's talk about rent. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the broadcast podcast YouTube channel where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things. I talk to interesting people and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it. All right. So Zafer sent in an email. Let me read you the question. He says, can you make a video about what the optimum amount of rent should be for a small business? We feel sometimes that we're paying too much rent as compared to other shops. And also sometimes we talk to people and feel that our rent is okay or quite low. It's created a confusion in my mind for the last few months. This is a great question, Zafer, because one of the biggest components to the overhead of any kind of business is that the, is the rent that they're going to be paying, right? And so um, let's think for just a moment about landlords. Uh, so landlords are business people too, and they've got this asset that has value to it, the spaces that they're, they're willing to lease out. And, you know, they're trying to get the most return that they can for their investment, which is the building, right? So landlords are always looking at what rents have been secured in the area where they own a building for the type of building, you know, for office space, there's like class A, class B, class C. For industrial space, similarly, like, you know, an older part of town that might have uh, railway sidings going into the building, they're going to have a different kind of rate than the warehouse out by the highway kind of thing. And so the landlords are always looking at what's going on in their market, what the vacancy rates are, because they want to try to get the most amount of money that they can for their space. Now, from the point of view of the person who is the tenant renting that space, you're looking at this space saying, hmm, am I going to be able to make a living, make a profit by running my business in this space with this kind of lease payment? And sometimes if you're opening a new business, for example, you don't really know, right? And this is one of the risks of opening a new business is that you sign that lease agreement. You may have to personally guarantee it and you're not quite sure what the business is going to be. But when we're looking at an existing business, we have the advantage of hindsight. Or if you're looking at buying a business, you can see what the performance of the business is. It gives us a lot more data. When I am looking at a business that someone wants to buy or sell, one of the things that I do is a benchmark analysis. So I want to look at key aspects of the expenses as a percentage of revenue. Um, basically, you know, you could have a sandwich shop in a big city where the rent is very high and a sandwich shop in a small town where the rent is very low. But in the big city, there's going to be more foot traffic in front of that store. And so they're going to be able to generate much higher sales numbers from that location than the similar business in the small town. So um, it all works out proportionally or it should, right? So what I did is I did a quick search in one of the databases that I use when I'm evaluating businesses. And I looked up three different kinds of businesses. So one was full service restaurants. And my benchmark analysis here says that the rent to sales ratio should be about 6% with total occupancy costs being close to 10%. So that would include your basic utilities, heat, lights, that kind of thing. Um, then I looked up, um, this is dental practices. So for dental practices, rent and utilities, they've got 6.6%. 6 
And here's another one I looked up, which is for small specialty retail stores and rent and utilities here is listed at 7.1%. So, so where does this data come from? Well, um, it's based upon the average of what people are paying. Well, how on earth would you know that? Well, the only people in a lot of places that have now, if you're in Europe, you can go look up financial statements, uh, which are largely publicly filed. But in North America, um, the only people who really know this kind of information with any degree of certainty are the tax authorities, because they will require certain standardized expenses to be filled in on the tax returns for businesses. And they make that data available in aggregate to certain organizations. So um, if you're close to a large public library, sometimes you've got access to what's called RMA um, studies or data, it stands for Risk Management Associates. And you can look up information uh, in Canada. You can actually look up Statistics Canada, Industry Canada um, has data as well from tax returns by industry. And you can look up, uh, they've got a base divided into quartile. And so the smallest 25% of businesses in that category the two mid ranges and the top range. And then you can kind of look, or maybe it's thirds. I forget. It's been a, a few weeks since I've looked at it, but, but the data is there is what I'm trying to say. And so you can look and you can see how big your business is compared to the data set. And then you can look and see what the average percentage was. Now, what, what does it mean, right? If you find that your rent is 7% and the data says that you should be paying 7% of your revenue, what it means is that you simply got an average rent figure, right? So what then happens if the landlord comes along and wants to increase the rent that you're paying? Now it's going to be a higher percentage, right? Well, what that is, is that if, if he's able to get higher rents for other places that he has for rent or the neighbors are getting higher rents from the other businesses, what it can indicate is it can be an indicator that the market there is such that there's enough you know, consumer traffic, there's enough trade going through there that that space is worth more, which can be a signal to you as a business owner that maybe you can afford to raise your prices because you want to keep that rental expense proportionate to the average or below if you can get it that way, right? And so this is why, for instance, it costs so darn much to buy a hot dog at the ballpark because there's a captive audience. There's a large crowd. The owner of that ballpark knows that they're going to be able to charge a really high rent for any of the concession operators in there. And those people need to keep that rent expense in line with sales in order to get the proper margins out of the business to cover their other expenses. And so one of my friends is a restaurant expert and he's got sort of his rules of thumb of what all the different costs should be when he looks at a, a business and he can spot pretty quickly when things are off. And then there's also, you know, with a lot of costs, there's a the theoretical versus the actual, but rent is easy because you've got a lease signed and you have to pay that every month and you know what your sales are. You can always be looking at what your rent is as a percentage of sales. Now, this is why you will also notice another phenomenon. Sometimes you will notice, hey, I'm in a shopping mall, for example, and there doesn't seem to be anything other than clothing and jewelry stores here. Why is that? Because those are very high margin businesses. And if we were to look up the data for jewelry and clothing stores, what we would find is that they can, on average, afford a higher percentage of their revenue in rent. And so you'll actually see the retail landscape change 
vis-a-vis -vis the amount of rent being charged. And if those retailers are able to make it and pay that level of rent, then obviously um, the landlord wants the highest amount they can get. This is why you end up with these clusters of different kinds of businesses, right? So word of warning to people who own a business and own the building that they're in. One of the big problems that I find over and over and over again is that when people own their own real estate, they're not a very good landlord. So if you own a business that owns its own real estate, you should try to be as aware that you as you can of what the rental rates are in your area for space like yours. Because when you look at the financial statement, the PL or the income statement that your accountant produces every year, you should sneak in a rent expense there and say, how would my business be performing if I had to pay rent to another person? Because as the owner of the building, you should be getting a proper market rate of return on the building that you have, and you should be running your business profitably in addition to that. What I too often see is that people will not have that rent expense. They think they're making money. When I do a normalization, I, I have to show them, hey, your building is worth something, but the business is barely making any money or just breaking even. You're basically working 40 hours a week to be your own tenant. And there's no real business value here, which is unfortunate. And what that means, remember how I said, if the rent goes up, you should be raising your prices or trying to increase your sales in some other way. It means that you're not putting through the proper price increases on your clientele, your customers. You're literally transferring your business's profits into the pockets of your customers. And so, yeah, they're going to be loyal. They're going to love you. It's probably because you're giving them too good a deal. Anyway, Zafer, I hope that helps. Um, it's an interesting thing to look at. Very rarely do people look at normalized financial statements when they're operating their own business. But I would recommend that you, you get used to it and you start to make sure. I mean, one of my recommendations is always that business owners reconcile their bank statement as soon as they can at the beginning of each month so that they can actually use their internal bookkeeping as a management tool. And one of the things that you can certainly look at is what was your rent as a percentage of revenue in the last month and on a year to date basis, just to see how you're trending and go look up the RMA data on your industry and figure out what the target should be and then do the best you can to try to make that figure lower. Because when I analyze a business, and there are certain expense categories which are lower than the averages, what that indicates is I'm looking at a better than average managed business. And of course, that's worth more, but it's also worth more to you as an owner. Anyway, if you want to learn more about how to buy, sell, finance, and manage a business, then uh, you should head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com. That's where you're going to find out all the information about how I can help you buy a business and most importantly, sign up for my online course, which is called Business Buyer Advantage which takes you through a case study A to Z on how to find, finance, buy, make a deal for a small or medium-sized business. And with that, I'll say see you later and uh, see you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me, learn how I work with my clients. You can learn about my books, courses that I've prepared for you. You can also find out all about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest.